My name is Father John Arthur Orr. I'm the Associate Pastor at Holy Ghost Catholic Church in Knoxville, and I'm very happy to speak to you today about Pope Benedict XVI's third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. This is the third letter Pope Benedict has given to the world, his first, about God who is love, Deus Caritas Est. And about salvation, his second, Spe Salvi, in hope we are saved. This third encyclical letter of Pope Benedict XVI is on integral human development. We often think of development in terms of physical structures, new buildings downtown, or highway construction. We think of bodybuilders, that's uh, developments of muscles. But integral human development reminds us that development is not just physiological material. There's also the spiritual dimension. Pope Benedict's encyclical letter from the Vatican website, vatican.va, prints out to 50 pages. It has 159 endnotes, 79 articles, 6 chapters. I thought before we got too far along in the overview of the encyclical, we could hear a little summary of glossary term, one phrase which repeats itself throughout the church's social doctrine, the church's social teaching. For me, when I hear that phrase, it sets off bells and whistles because there's a 500-plus page book called The Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church, published for the Jubilee Year 2000 by the Pontifical Council for Justice and Peace. The Church's social doctrine focuses on life in society. Pope Leo XIII, who was the Bishop of Rome in the 1800s, he began a great tradition of papal writings, writings of the Church, the Church's social doctrine concerning a just wage, the rights of workers, the right to private property, all of these things and more, part of the Church's social doctrine, the rule of law. Over the years since Pope Leo XIII, there have been other bishops of Rome who have written. In our day and age, we're more familiar with Pope John Paul II, who just died in 2005. During his 27 years as the Bishop of Rome, Pope John Paul II gave us three social encyclicals, letters to circle the globe, presenting the Church's social doctrine, the Church's social teaching, life in society. One of them, Centissimus Annos. This is on the 100th anniversary of Leo XIII's Rerum Novarum, Solicitudo Rei Socialis, concern for social things, laborum exertions, to exert ourselves in labor. So if you read, and I encourage you to read Pope Benedict XVI's encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, Charity in Truth, be aware whenever you see that phrase, church's social doctrine, that it is like a time bomb, like, like a great onion where you have to peel and peel and peel. We already spoke some about integral human development, so let's turn to the actual title of the document itself. Charity in Truth. As followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know who is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And we know the Eighth Commandment, not to bear false witness. We know that the Lord Jesus, who is one with the Father and the Spirit, God, can never deceive nor be deceived. The other part of the title, charity, charity and truth, is another way of saying love and reminds us of 
Pope Benedict's first encyclical, the first letter, Caritas, Deus Caritas Est, charity, to love God, to love our neighbor, to love ourselves as God would have us do. This part of Pope Benedict's letter reminds us what Jesus says in the gospel, no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus laid down his life for us while we were still yet enemies at enmity with God, with our neighbors and ourselves in sin. Charity and truth, therefore, is not unlike the tough love you may have heard so much about. There were no cushions, there was no air conditioning on Calvary. And Jesus Christ, truth incarnate, showed us the depth of his love for us, for the Father, by opening his arms on the cross of salvation. Some pundits have spoken about the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI's use of the term redistribution in this encyclical letter, and indeed he does speak about it. However, not always, and actually never in a communistic understanding, the Holy Father is well aware of the right to private property. If you're listening to the airways, they're publicly owned. That's public domain. If you drive down the road, those are public roads paid for by our taxes. Redistribution need not be seen in a communistic fashion, but there are those who would take it that way. God deliver us. Globalization is a, another reoccurring theme in the Holy Father's letter, sometimes for good, sometimes for ill. Recently, my mother had a serious sickness, and I was able to use modern means of social communication, not unlike the radio you're listening to now. I used a cell phone, and I called in prayers from all corners. So the effects of globalization, in my mother's case, prayers requested for her, and thank God she's well now, that's a good use of the globalization. But God forbid, imagine if I was sick with SARS or with H1N1 or whatever the latest infections are, and I hop on a plane. And then that bug spreads all around the world as a downside of a globalized world. Another term dear to the church's understanding of life in society is solidarity, and Pope Benedict uses it repeatedly. This term, while not found in the writings of Pope St. Gregory the Great, Bishop and Doctor of the Church, Pope, who wrote so well about the virtues, has been introduced in a very special way by Pope Gregory's successor, John Paul II. It's actually even the name of a labor union in Poland which helped to overthrow communism. Solidarność, solidarity. We can see in the root of the term solidarity, the word solid, not crumbly, not fallen apart, not liquid. Solidarity means social cohesion. It means we care for each other. When one is well, all are well. 
When one is in a bad way, it hurts us all. This is part and parcel of the Church's social doctrine, as is also subsidiarity. Subsidiarity is the principle whereby higher authority helps lower authority fulfill its responsibility, its work, its, its munis is the Latin term. So the governor or the president don't pick up the trash, not even the mayor. They're the trash men who pick up the trash. It's not the attorney general who might arrest me or write a ticket if I go through a stop sign or a red light. It's the local constable on patrol, the sheriff's deputy. This is the higher authority helping the lower authority fulfill its responsibility. So parents are the primary educators of their children, but they engage teachers to assist them. This is a principle of subsidiarity. Another term constant throughout our Holy Father's third encyclical letter, Caritas and Veritate, Charity and Truth, is the common good. Very much related to solidarity, I have my personal good, the good of my being, that I live, that I exist, but there's also a common good. If we are only concerned about our own selves and not about our neighbors, our title Christian is false. But one does not need to be a Christian to be concerned of the common good. Although if one is a follower of Christ the Lord, all the more reason to have that great concern. Care for neighbor, love of neighbor. Over and over, the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, in his third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, speaks about the natural law, the moral law, which we know is revealed on Sinai's height with Moses in the Decalogue, the Big Ten Commandments. However, even before Moses ascended and visited with God on the mountain, there were even pagan philosophers who were able to come to an appreciation of what good we should do and what evil we should avoid. The Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, they are a revealed expression of that. Let's now begin our serious study of Pope Benedict's encyclical Caritas in Veritate. Over 20 times he mentions the church's social doctrine. We first come across it in Article 2. Charity is at the heart of the church's social doctrine. We've already spoken some of what is charity. Charity, love for God, love for neighbor, love for self as God would have us do. These are manifested in the death and resurrection of Christ on the cross ultimately but even in the commandments of God, all ten, we show our love for God, for neighbor, and for self. The fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. The seventh commandment, thou shalt not steal. The tenth commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. The sixth and ninth commandments regarding sexual morality, these are all very much social commandments. But all the commandments are social, for on the third commandment we keep holy the Sabbath, and we gather as the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, the church. In society, we do not blaspheme. We do not take the name of the Lord our God in vain as a way of showing our love not only for God and his holy name, but for our neighbors. We show our love for God and for neighbor 
the heart of the church's social doctrine being charity by not bearing false witness. That's the eighth commandment of the Lord. Pope Benedict continues in his second article of Caritas and Veritate by saying, every responsibility and every commitment is spelt out by that doctrine is derived from charity, which according to the teaching of Jesus is the synthesis of the entire law. And he quotes St. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40 there. Pope Benedict next mentions the social doctrine of the church in Article 5, where he speaks about the dynamic of charity received and given as what gives rise to the church's social teaching, which is caritas in veritate in re sociale, charity in truth in social things. The proclamation of the truth of Christ's love in society this doctrine is a service to charity, but its locus is truth. What does it mean for Pope Benedict to say that the locus of the church's social teaching, the locus is truth? It means the place, and the place is the heart of Jesus, who is truth incarnate, who incarnates, makes real, makes tangible, makes fleshly the very heart of God the love of God. Pope Benedict's next reference to the social doctrine of the Church in his third encyclical Caritas and Veritate is in Article 6, where he says, Caritas in Veritate, charity and truth, is the principle around which the Church's social doctrine turns, a principle that takes on practical form in the criteria that govern moral action to say that charity and truth governs moral action is to say that charity and truth governs what good we should do and what evil we should avoid. This is, of course, very practical. Practical because to work an honest hour's labor or to pay an honest hour's wage, to go to work on time, to pay my taxes, these are all very practical things and part of charity in truth. Loving neighbor, loving God, loving self, as we are called to do. Pope Benedict mentions the social doctrine of the Church yet again in Article 9 of his third encyclical, Caritas and Veritate, when he writes that the Church searches for truth, proclaims it tirelessly, and recognizes it, truth, wherever it, truth, is manifested. This mission of truth is something that the Church can never renounce. Her social doctrine is a particular dimension of this proclamation. It is a service to the truth which sets us free. How beautifully the Holy Father writes. And if you read his writings, he has over 60 volumes to his credit, so many written before he became the Bishop of Rome, you will see that truth is throughout, for Pope Benedict loves the Lord Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And since Christ the Lord founded his church to bear witness to his truth, the truth of his love, the truth of his gospel, the truth of his justice and mercy, this is why the church 
searches for the truth constantly, proclaims it tirelessly, recognizing it wherever it is manifested. There are naturally known truths, E equals MC square, the capital of the United States of America is Washington, D.C. There are 50 states in the Union. These are truths which do not require supernatural theological faith. This can be known by unaided reason. However, there are truths which supersede, like the Holy Trinity, like the Incarnation, like the mystery of Christ present in the Eucharist. Pope Benedict continues in the same Article 9, writing, Open to the truth, from whichever branch of knowledge it comes, the Church's social doctrine receives it, the truth, assembles into a unity the fragments in which it, truth, is often found, and mediates it, truth, within the constantly changing life patterns of society, of peoples and nations, whichever branch of knowledge, think of it. We have here in town the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. How many different faculties, how many different branches of knowledge, history, sociology, art, architecture, music, law, political science with a Baker Center, whichever branch of knowledge, whatever is good, whatever is true, Whatever is beautiful, St. Paul writes in the sacred scripture, inspired by God. Think of these things. The church's social doctrine receives whatever is good and true and beautiful from whichever branch of knowledge. Assembling into a unity, truth is harmonic. Truth is symphonic. Natural truths do not contradict supernatural, but reason is cloudy. We learn that at the first Vatican Council. We learned that back in the garden when our first parents were deceived by Satan. We prefer to lie to the truth. Some who are seeking radical changes in society might be thrilled to hear of Pope Benedict XVI in his third encyclical to speak about constantly changing life patterns of the society of peoples and nations. Let's be clear, human nature is the same from the garden even until the second coming, from the creation throughout all of history. We are created in the image and likeness of God. The changing life patterns to which the Holy Father may well be referring here could be life in society of a kingdom, of a republic, of a monarchy, of a democracy, tyranny, God forbid. He could be referring to the Industrial Revolution which gave rise to the social doctrine of the church in a formal and organized way through the pen of Pope Leo XIII. He could be speaking about mercantilism, which is likewise a life pattern changed. Don't have it still, didn't have it before. Yet again, Pope Benedict XVI, in his third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, mentions the social doctrine of the church in article 10 which is the first article in the first chapter chapter one the message of popolorum progresso this was an encyclical letter of pope paul the sixth who was the pope who concluded the second vatican council the council ended in 1965 
and Pope Paul VI lived to be the Bishop of Rome even until 1978, the summer of three popes. Pope Benedict XVI in his encyclical writes, a fresh reading of Popolorum Progresso, more than 40 years after its publication, invites us to remain faithful to its message of charity and truth, echoes there of Caritas and Veritate, viewed within the overall context of Paul VI's specific magisterium, and more generally, within the tradition of the Church's social doctrine. Pope Paul VI had a variety of encyclicals. While mention has already been made in this program of Pope Leo XIII from the 1800s, now we see another bishop of Rome who likewise has concern for social things. Here, Popolorum Progresso, the progress of peoples, was Paul VI's great contribution to that body of doctrine called the social doctrine of the church. This is a theme throughout this letter, this third encyclical of Pope Benedict XVI. We're reminded that it's been more than 40 years. So often, anniversaries are an excuse to look back and take stock. How have we done? Was it prophetic? Do we need to change course? We reassess the situation. The prophetic voice of Pope Paul VI, not only in Popolorum Progresso, but in Humani Vitae, on the transmission of human life, has come to be profound. That Pope Benedict XVI mentions it's been 40 years since Popolorum Progresso, Paul VI encyclical, reminds us that times have changed. We're not dealing with some of the same issues, although human nature is still the same. Imagine the social upheaval going on in the late 60s and early 70s. Imagine communism, the Berlin Wall, things like that were still very much in play. Now the scene has changed, though our nature is the same. It is significant that Pope Benedict XVI here in Article 10 of his encyclical Caritas in Veritate that the Church's social doctrine needs to be interpreted, albeit with development, but within the tradition of the Church. This reminds us of the address Pope Benedict gave, which is cited in the end notes of this encyclical in December of 2005 on the 26th to the Roman Curia, his closest advisors, he reminds us of the hermeneutic of continuity. Pope Benedict further augments this teaching of the hermeneutic of continuity and the social doctrine of the Church, and Pope Paul VI's encyclical Populorum Progresso in his own encyclical Caritas in Veritate, Article 12, when he writes, the link between Popolorum Progresso and the Second Vatican Council does not mean that Paul VI's social magisterium marked a break with that of previous popes, because the Council constitutes a deeper exploration of this magisterium within the continuity of the Church's life. In this sense, Clarity is not served by a certain abstract division of the Church's social doctrine, which apply categories to papal social teaching that are extraneous to it. It is not a case of two typologies of social doctrine, one pre-conciliar and one post-conciliar, differing from one another. On the contrary, there is a single teaching, consistent 
and at the same time, ever new. Doesn't it sound like Christ? Ever ancient, ever new. Doesn't it sound like St. Augustine? Here we have echoes of Pope Benedict XVI's devotion to St. Augustine, who was happy to write about his conversion in the Confessions, Late have I loved you, ever ancient, ever new beauty. You sought me, you were closer to me than I was to myself. These abstractions of which the Holy Father speaks of could be, oh, well, that's so pre-Vatican too. Well, the Incarnation happened before 1962. The canon of Scripture was established before 1962. Pope Benedict XVI continues his treatment of the social doctrine of the Church in Article 12 of his third encyclical, Caritas in Veritate, when he writes, The Church's social doctrine illuminates, gives light, with an unchanging light, the new problems that are constantly emerging. Imagine when the Lord Jesus founded his church upon the rock of St. Peter and his faith in 33 AD. There was no nuclear arsenal. There was no chemical weapons. There was no Dow Jones or NASDAQ. These are new situations to which the ever-ancient, ever-new, saving doctrine of the faith is applied in our day in our age, with the help of God. Still in Article 12, Pope Benedict continues his presentation on social doctrine by saying, Social doctrine is built on the foundation handed on by the apostles to the fathers of the church, and then received and further explored by the great Christian this doctrine points definitively to the new man, to the last Adam, who became a life-giving spirit, quoting St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 45. The principle of the charity that never ends, 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 8. This apostolic origin of the fathers of the church, I might add, uh, reminds us of Traditio Apostolorum, the handing on of the apostles. Pope Benedict mentions the fathers of the church. These historical figures, between the period of 100 and 700 A.D., are the second generation, as it were, the apostles, the apostolic age being the first, and then that period of the fathers. Pope Benedict XVI has a special love, devotion, knowledge, confidence, especially regarding St. Augustine, of whom he wrote his first doctoral dissertation on the church as the people and dwelling place of God in the writings of St. Augustine, an ecclesiological work, a work studying that reality which is the church. If the fathers believed it, and all Christians were united until 1054, which is well after the period of the fathers of the church, it seems a safe bet. When the Holy Father mentions the great Christian doctors, this calls to mind 33 specific personages who have been identified over the history, over the 2,000-year history of the church, as being very eminent, very qualified teachers of the faith. Thomas Aquinas in the Middle Ages, Teresa de Jesus, in Spain, and Juan de la Cruz, likewise in Spain in the Renaissance period. The most contemporary of the doctors of the church is the little flower, Saint Therese, l'Enfant Jésus, Les Saintes Vins, of whom we have two parishes named in our eastern 36 counties of Tennessee. Saint Therese died in the year 1897. 
and it was in 1997 that Pope John Paul II declared her to be the doctor of the science of divine love. 33 doctors of the church. These are the great Christian doctors. They're the ones to whom we should turn to best understand the doctrine of the faith. Specifically, in this case, the Holy Fathers are directing our attention to their writings concerning the social doctrine of the church. Pope Benedict continues in Article 13 of his encyclical Caritas in Veritate to address the church's social doctrine. He writes, in addition to its important link with the entirety of the church's social doctrine, Populorum Progresso, Politics Encyclical, is closely connected to the overall magisterium of Paul VI, especially his social magisterium. The word magisterium is a $5 term regarding the teaching authority. He who hears you hears me, says Christ in the Gospel. The word for teacher is magistra, magistrare. Blessed John the Twenty-Third, who called the Second Vatican Council, called the church mother and teacher, mater et magistra. Mother Church teaches us even until Christ should return in glory to judge the living and the dead, and he will judge us according to our deeds. For Christ the Lord did indeed die for all sinners. All of us are sinners. All of us have sinned and are deprived of the glory of God. His grace is ready for the asking, for the receiving. May we be zealous in seeking and in following the way of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you all. Next time I'll continue with Pope Benedict XVI's third encyclical letter, Caritas in Veritate, more in depth. God bless you.